Welcome to the Gratitude Cafe, positive radio to feed your soul. Your dynamic host and founder, Sue Lundquist, will bring you her own intuitive talents and gifts for co-creating, healing, and teaching. Her show, The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul, is focused on bringing you to a higher place each week where you can leave the hustle of life at the door. So pull up a chair and join us for The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul. Hi, good morning, Sue. <laughs> How are you, Superman? Doing very awesome. Getting through it. Very, uh, very awesome. We're towards the end of January. Uh, yeah. I don't know why it wow. goes. So, it goes so fast. I mean, it really does. It just well, last week was kind of a mess around here in this Puget Sound area. If you were here, but you know, the snow and all that. Yeah, you've got your birthday month. You oh, and yeah. the boys. Happy birthday again. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. God, I can't believe how big the boys are getting. That's just crazy. They totally have my legs. (laughs) That's a good thing. (laughs) It's a great thing. They just need to use them. Oh, I love it. Ah, they're using their brains, too. I like that, too. Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. All right, guys. Well, Sue Lundquist here. It's the Gratitude Cafe. And we have got a special guest. We always have special guests. And uh, we're going to talk about new perspective, new thoughts, new ideas. It's a new you. Um, and not just because it's January, you guys hear me talk about this all the time. That's why I have the platform of the radio show so we can bring in those new ideas, new thoughts and new perspectives. Uh, I'm going to get to our guest in just a minute. I want to remind all of you how you can get a hold of me. We are smack dab in the second week of the craziness clarity challenge and all of our participants are having a great time and I will be jumping on that right after the radio show today. But just to remind you, if it's something that really, it's been like a squeaky wheel for you, if it's something that you really want to jump on and have a like-minded community, if you're worried about anxieties and questioning your purpose, are you in spin-out, are you going through a transition like a divorce or you know a transition from work, or do you have a lack of desire, a lack of energy, a lack of vitality, are you a new parent, maybe you're an empty nester, all of that is a life transition. And with that, we shed beliefs, old beliefs old limiting beliefs and fears and those relationships that come with it and those experiences that are attached to the old habits and the old relationships. So we will need self-regulating tools to help sustain that self-love that I talk about and that self-care. And that's exactly what we do. Um, Not only my coaching, but my curriculum for the 16 day craziness clarity and the template for transformation. So if you guys want to check that out, please do so go to suelonquist.com and check it out. Uh, you guys have heard me talk about Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I have been blessed to be able to travel the world and help people heal. We are going to be in Spain um, in March. So if you want some more information about that, please go see his website at www.drjoedispenza.com. I highly recommend his teaching, his books, and his week long. And of course, I'll be there. All right, we are jumping in to today's guest. We are talking about modern manhood. Yes, ladies, yes, my gentlemen, my brothers and my sisters, modern manhood, conversations about the complicated world of being a good man today. Our guest today is Cleo Stiller. She's an Emmy and Peabody Award nominated health reporter. 
and Cleo is funny. I, I mean, I was talking to her earlier today, or earlier this morning, earlier today. I can't even get my language straight. But we were talking and having a conversation off air. And, you know, some of the things that I talk about on the radio show, it's like, well, what's coming up for you? And we were talking about the demographics of the radio show, even though majority of us are women. Um, I want to talk to the women and the men on the radio show, but I also, when I was talking to Cleo, how important it would be for us women to have a new found perspective, new awareness on what's happening in the dating and the sex and the work and the money and the parenting, all within the modern manhood. So I'm going to bring Cleo on. Cleo, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So, yes, I have the formal bio, but you know what? I want my audience to get to know you and to hear your voice and your energy and your passion behind your latest book, The Modern Manhood. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Pretty please. Sure. Absolutely. Um, my name is Cleo Stiller, as we said, <clears throat> and I um, have been a reporter for about 10 years. Um, I started in the financial reporting space working for Bloomberg, but um, then made a transition. Uh, a big one. You know, that my, <laughs> my, at least we, as we all are do, um, to, to a beat that I sort of, that, that spans um, the areas of romance, health, intimacy, technology. Um, so basically I'll just tell you about how this book Came about, and that will also tell you a lot about my history. So you see my perspective and how I got here. Um, awesome. So I, I was love a, how you say really quick. I love how you say. Yeah. I mean, obviously you've got Peabody Awards and nominated Emmy nominated awards and Gracie Awards. All these winning reports. Quite honestly, congratulations. But I love the self-identified <laughs> relationship non-expert, obsessed with yes. exploring stories. <laughs> I love that. Well, it's very true because I think that we're we're sort of in this odd time where um, people who report on stories often get pegged then as an expert um, in the field. And while I do know a lot about what's happening in this space, um, you know, people have wanted to call me a relationship expert before and I've said absolutely not uh no no I'm just reporting the stories so um and also oh my gosh what a heavy crown to wear to be called a relationship expert right so, <laughs> no thank you um, yeah <laughs> uh so okay I hosted a television show for Univision um for several years called Sex Right Now with Cleo Stiller um, and the show, obviously, quite a provocative title. I chose it. But um, Love it. it was a really genuine, um, thoughtful television program that basically um, sought to fill in a very clear gap that exists where we know that um, technology, al along with shifting cultural attitudes in our country right now, are changing the ways that people are meeting, um, dating, staying connected, um, health. It's in some ways unprecedented, right? Um, and so we created this show because we knew that people, there was a complete like gap of knowledge. Um, we know that STI, certain STI rates in this country are at an all-time high. 
Um, and again, with technology sort of changing everything, um, people were flooding to YouTube to look for information. Is this okay? Is this normal? What happens when dot, 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 right? So we created this show back in 2014, which is not that long ago in terms of years, but is really dog years um, in terms of how our country has shifted since we created it. So 2014, rewind, um, President Barack Obama was in office. The Supreme Court had just legalized same-sex marriage, and dating apps were just hitting the mainstream, right? Tinder was created, I think, about in 2011. So in 2014, that's when it was starting to really blow up on the coast and then also trickle into the middle, more middle parts of the country. Um, kind of just changing really, you know, everything in, in the intimate spaces in our lives. Um, and so we created this show uh, because we knew that people had questions and we wanted to be the factually um, accurate, scientifically accurate show on television that also gave you the information in a way that was um, empathetic and kind. So basically our slogan was um, no stigma, no judgment. Um, uh. And we, it, which is, you know, important as people are, you know, figuring out this gender identity, body positivity, um, just so many things shifting in our country right now, right? So yes. we created this show. Um, it was quite popular, the second highest rated show on the network. And our our team, the editorial team on it, was all women from very different walks of life. Um, but the sh- so it was a little bit through a female lens, right? However, we knew that about 60% of our audience was male. And I don't think that that's a bad thing, to be honest. You know, I think it was really um, a great thing for women and men to get very factually, scientifically accurate information um, that was and also done with women in mind. So we had that show for several years. It was quite popular. Then 2017 happened. The Harvey Weinstein scandal broke. And mm-hmm. Me Too kind of hit the mainstream. A lot of men, straight men, who watched my show started writing into me saying, are you going to do a season on this? Because I have so much to say about what's happening right now, but I'm afraid to say anything because I don't want to get in trouble. And it's all so confusing. You know, I feel wow. I've heard this over and over again. Like I feel like... Everything I was raised to do is now considered creepy or wrong or will get me in trouble. Um, And so there were these kind of questions um, that would come up, right? They ran the gamut from, um, well, I'll just tell you what they were. So basically, right, you'd have men who were single asking me, um, Listen, I'm single, but I'm terrified to approach women. Um, I don't want to wind up being the next disease. I'm sorry. Or I had new fathers. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. I had new fathers writing to me. Um, Gosh, like, it's such a confusing time. Um, I'm, 
you know, conversations that are happening right now are kind of making me question things I've done in my past. Meanwhile, I'm a father raising a, a boy. I don't even know what it means to be a good man anymore. How do I raise a good, you know, a son to be a good man when I'm when I'm working through my own behaviors? Um, and then, you know, on the on the corporate side of things, I would get men writing to me who'd say, "Listen, I would not cop to this in real life, but." I have a lot of hiring power, and frankly, I don't really want to mentor my young female staff. It doesn't doesn't feel worth the risk. Um, wow. Yeah. So powerful whoa. conversations, right? Whoa, right? Heavy, really important, really pertinent um, questions and concerns uh, that are touching every aspect of our lives, and these are just piling up in my inbox. I'm thinking, gosh, how if I know, right? Um, yeah. So Simon Schuster, which is my publisher, came to me about doing a book for them. And I had a couple ideas. This one was the last one. I slotted this way on the bottom because I just knew <laughs> this was going to be such a mother of a project. Um, and, of course, they were like, that's the one we want. Um, can of you publish course. it next year? So, so that's the book. Um, I spoke to 100, nearly 100 men all over the country, ranging in ages from 18 to 62, um, the book is heavily researched. I spoke with experts, you know, neuroscientists, counselors, psychologists, economists, um, you know, how did we get here? Right. And, and where do we go from here? And is there any scientific, um, you know, biological reason why men act this way or women act this way? Um, is there an anthropological reason for this? Like what, you know, because here's what I know, and then we can get in and just dive into it. Okay. But um, I know women are talking a lot about this and often publicly. Um, you know, I was being invited to events and panels where women and survivors were talking about their experiences as women in this kind of Me Too calling Um and, and having really strong feelings, of, of course, about what had happened to them and maybe where we want to go from here. And then inevitably in these conversations, someone at the, one of these events would always say, I just want everyone to look around the room. There are no men here. Where are our allies? Men don't care. And I knew men do care because my inbox is talking full of questions and comments about exactly what we're talking about. So I knew that um, we're kind of at this pivotal point right now, right, where we have an opportunity to come together and really talk about our past and things that have happened to us in the past. And also, what do we want to do moving forward, right? We have a generation that is, in, as I've mentioned, I mean, not even millennials, right? Gen Z are, are in some ways unprecedented in their sensitivity, um, in their adapting attitudes about things that we've taken for granted for decades, even centuries. Um, what, what has worked for us in the past that we want to continue? What hasn't worked for us in the past that we don't want to continue? And, you know, what can we do as women, men, and everyone on the gender spectrum um, to show up and be better? So that's the book. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> and then some. Because you, so, it, you like, yeah. It, yeah, but it's awesome because you talk about, 
and we talk about this at the beginning of the show, um, dating, sex, work, money, parenting, friends, you know, from yourself to health to porn, media, all of that. And I love what what you were just saying, what has worked and what hasn't worked. And in all transparency, I am, and I, I have not talked about this publicly, but I am brand new to the dating scene, brand spanking new, like after 22 years. Wow. <clears throat> so this is so crazy to me. <laughs> I'm like looking at this. Yes. Like, oh my God. <laughs> what do I do? Yes. Yeah, what do I do? <laughs> oh my, oh my God. God. Well, so we yeah. just dive in. We'll talk about dive dating. in baby dive. Let's go. Okay. It... okay. So I was really, so the book is structured in a very particular way. Each yes. chapter is a different area of your personal life. And um, within each chapter, we seek to answer a very, like, two to three very specific questions that I got asked over and over again. And these are questions that, honestly, I would never have selected because some of them might feel really old and really basic. But because they came up over and over again, we had to discuss them. And dating, which is chapter one, Chapter it's a really one, good example. Right here. <laughs> because the one thing that came up in dating over and over again, which was so surprising to me, is men saying, listen, I am so confused about everything in the dating world right now. Like, I, as I mentioned, I don't know how to approach women. Am I not supposed to approach them? Um, but then even, you know, say I get on a, on a date, am I supposed to pay or am I not supposed to pay? Because I feel like I was taught, I was raised to pay, that a gentleman pays. And yet now we're saying that things are equal. So how come I'm still on the hook for paying? Or I feel like if I offer to pay, I'm going to offend someone, you know, like what the heck? (laughs) my god it's gotten so convoluted it's so and and this is and so okay so that's like wow i thought am i seriously going to answer like is this really how we're gonna open the book um (laughs) and that's yeah it is because it came up so many times and when i asked women about it right so and that's that's the beauty of this book right we're we're about men for women, or <laughs> it's about men for men. For, but yeah. we know that women are going to read this. And you better come bring, on, yes. It's yeah. a good awareness. Bring Absolutely. Perspectives to the table. So when I asked women about how they felt about whether a man should pay, they were all over the place too, and they were, um, and they didn't know why they felt why how they felt. So okay, so let's talk about. Yeah, let's talk about because that's the solution. Because I'm sitting here going, uh, what's the solution? Communication? Well, okay. When you, how, so you're new to the dating scene. Uh, oh, so new. Which, like, haven't even yeah. quite got there new. <laughs> um, well, okay. I'm, I'm welcome to. <laughs> water is warm. So enjoy. Um, All right. But, okay, so how do you feel? Do you, do you prefer for your partner to pay? 
I do, but I think that there's conversation because I like to be able to contribute somewhere. You know, I there's a there's an aspect of me that's in. Do I has do I say old fashioned? Is that the right language? I mean, I like sure. doors to be open. I like I like to feel that I'm special, but I want the guy to feel that too. Yeah, and part of the way that he can communicate that to you is that he pays for you, right? Yeah, and also there's times that I could pay too. Whatever that looks like, whether it's mm. dinner or an ice cream or a movie, you know, mm. does that make sense? It does make sense, but it feels a little murky. Like how? Yeah. Your... How do you? How do you? What's the line? Yeah. How? I mean. So do you say, do you "Hey, know... tonight, I'd like to, I'd like to treat." Can I do that? Is that something that we can do as as males and females? Is that something that we can do in an open dialogue and communication? Yes. <laughs> okay. So you're obviously a coach and you work with people on being empowered and mindful and thinking about what they want. So what came up over and over again in my reporting on this um, when I was talking to people was, so men were worried that it was like one way with one woman, but then another way with a different woman. And it just had them feeling like their hands were tied. They didn't know what to do. And I offered to them that, okay, instead of worrying so much about how it's going to land with the person that you're dating, why don't you first get clear on what you want? Like, do you Mm. want to pay? Right. Yeah. Because some men, you know, I quoted one guy who was like, I will always pay. It was how I was raised. It makes me feel like a gentleman and it makes me feel good to do. Not because I don't think my partner can't or shouldn't, but that's something that makes me feel good. So, and really yeah, but that's that. communication, too. And if he said it's, that to me, I would honor that. But then there would be some moments where I would say. I would really like, will you let me gift you, you know? Yes. Oh, my gosh. You should, wait, so maybe I should set you up. You would have a beautiful <laughs> relationship. <laughs> but because that sort of mindful communication, we don't do that. So, really? Okay. Here, the, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm so in. All right. Clear. Woo! Benny, are you listening to yeah. this, bud? Oh, I've been listening. Believe you me. <laughs> oh. Oh, please chime in, my man. Yes. I'm good. Okay, honey. Go, Cleo. So one of the catch-22s that we put men in is that we tell them um, that they're supposed to be self-assured, confident, um, set the pace, um, you know, know where they're going, and not ask for questions or help or clarity. Because if they do, then it makes them seem unsure, unconfident, less manly, less desirable. That Mm. is problematic (laughs) because um, it sets up this dynamic between men and women where we've given too much power to one gender and also put them in an unfair situation where they're supposed to read women's minds, which is obviously no, you know, no, <laughs> that, no, 
hey, so, it goes both ways. There's no way. I'm like, I can't read your mind. You No, communication, please. Yes, communicate. So what I offer when it comes to something about, okay, and like for women, right. You, because this is, um, the whole book in general, like, deals with gray areas. It doesn't deal with the black and white stuff. It doesn't deal with violence. It doesn't deal with anything that would get you locked up. It's not, we're nothing, it's, that, the book is not about those stories. The book is about the gray areas, the areas of nuance, the ones where there's no blanket statement to be made because what works for me is not going to work for you, Sue, is not going to work for one man who was raised in Ohio. Right. Um, in, you know, All shapes like and versus, sizes, metaphorically exactly, speaking. Exactly, exactly. So, in fact, what's really more important is getting really clear on what you want and why Yay! you want that why you want that. So if you're a woman, right? Like I asked women, um, for example, right? I interviewed one woman who's a very known, well-known feminist online, um, very self-empowered woman. And I asked her, do you prefer for your partners pay or do you prefer to pay? And she was like, I don't know. She's like, I don't know why I just prefer for them to pay. I can't, I'm not sure why. And I'm like, She's like, I'm aware that that seems to fly. It contradicts other aspects of how I show up in the world. But this is just something I feel. It was how I was raised. It's what I like. I said, oh, okay. Well, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, it's absolutely fine. You can show up really progressive in some ways and more traditional in other ways. That's totally fine. Um, but do you tell your partner? Like, are you, do you give them a heads up about that? And she's like, no, that feels awkward. And I'm wow. like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so we can, and we can, let's move on to other topics now. But for example, the, the question of whether or not to pay on a first date is really about what you want to do. Get really clear on, do you like to be treated? Because that's, um, you know, as you were saying, it makes you feel like you're special and you want to feel special and being treated on dates is one way that that happens um that's absolutely wonderful and fine and you also need to be able to to communicate that to a partner and then for you know and I'll just let your audience know you know when I offer that to a lot of men some of them would say yeah but if I to say, okay, so right, to say I do, some guys came up with some interesting things, right? They were like, um, I'm aware that there is a gender pay gap. And so I think I feel comfortable maybe paying for the first five or so dates that, you know, with the knowledge that uh, men tend to make more than women. But then after that, I would want to go 50-50 equitably. Um, and I'm like, that doesn't okay, feel that's right a, to me. That's, but, you know, okay. no judgment, right? Hey guys, well, let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this clear. Let's take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to keep talking about the dating. We can talk about sex. Well, we've got to be careful because of FCC rules, but we can talk about money and parenting and friends and what that all looks like with Cleo Stiller and her latest book, Modern Manhood: Conversations About the Complicated World of Being a Good Man Today, Men and Women Alike. Brothers and sisters, this is a really good topic for us to be talking about today and opening the communication moving forward. 
All right, Sue Lundquist here with Gratitude Cafe. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll talk to you guys in just a minute. Preceding audio was via a Skype call. The C2C Live Challenge is your way to sustain your mindset after transition and your soul's desire to create and sustain your life on your terms. 2020 is going to be huge, so get yourself set up right now. With this achieved, you'll have real-life practical tools and self-regulation and have the answers to self-sabotage, stop being taken advantage of, saying a respected no, and so much more. You can do all that while you're taking care of yourself and loving the whole. For more information about the C2C Live Challenge, visit suelundquist.com forward slash the letter C, the number two, the letter C, 2020, SO, number two. That's suelundquist.com forward slash C2C, 2020, SO, number two. The C2C Live Challenge. Do it for you. Lundquist here with the Gratitude Cafe. All right, folks, seriously, I've got the doorway. I'm working with amazing, high-functioning clients that are doing the work and busting through old habits to now transform their lives. This means breaking their old programming, their old stories, to feeling a purpose and such a relief that now that they have the answers. Does that sound good to you? Yes, I knew it. Give me a call, 206-300-2227. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. I wanted to take a moment and let you know about a nonprofit organization called Give to Give. The Give to Give Foundation was created by a group of people who have studied my work or have participated in my workshops around the world. And by applying the principles of mind over matter and the mind-body connection, they've created outstanding changes in their lives or in their health, and they wanted to give back. The organization is dedicated to providing the proper resources to those people in need to gain the opportunity to learn exactly how to change their body or their lives. If you want to learn more about the Give to Give Foundation, or you know someone that needs help, or you simply want to make a donation, visit givetogive.com. Those who give don't always know how to love. Those who love always know how to give. Thank you. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Oh my God, Betty, I love that. You know, I couldn't stop. It's a perfect song. I know, perfect of song. Of course. I've got goosebumps. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. Oh, that is fantastic. All right, guys. Sue Lundquist here, and it's the Gratitude Cafe. We're talking oh, men. modern. We're talking good, juicy stuff, right? <laughs> and men. And men. And women. And the, the, yeah. and the awareness and the clarity that us women need to have for the men and vice versa. And our guest today, author, Modern Manhood, author of The Modern Manhood, conversations about the complicated world of being a good man today. 
Before the break, we were talking um, about uh, Cleo's background. She's been reporting, was it 10 years, Cleo? Yeah, 10-year oh, reporter. And it started in, um, was it finance? And then you kind of shift gears. Is that yes. right? Yeah. Exactly. And then the uh, Sex Right Now TV show that was huge in 2014, all of that. I love, And I love, I love the tag, no stigma, no judgment. And that's here, too. There is no stigma. There's no judgment. It's just... It's just learning. I think that's super, super powerful, especially I know, and Cleo, Cleo, you can talk about this too, that when you don't feel safe, if you feel that there's a stigma and you feel that there's judgment, you're not going to open up to an honest conversation. I know that to exactly. be true for myself. Yeah, so uh, no, there's no judgment. There's no stigma at all. So guys, if you missed the first top of the hour, well, Shame on you. You need to go back and listen to it. So go to www.sulunquist.com and get the uh, newsletter and we'll get it delivered to you. Or you can just go there. Let me remind you who Cleo Stiller is. And she is a Peabody Award nominated, Emmy Award nominated, and Gracie Award winning reporter and self-identified relationship non-expert obsessed with exploring stories about health, gender, technology, among the millennials uh and of course tv reporting all of that and her latest book i'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a couple uh modern manhood and we were just talking about dating and what that looks like and we're going to jump into a couple other things that she's got here in the book we were there's dating there's sex um and I, the metaphor that we were talking a minute ago about there's all different shapes and sizes and i'm and that's a metaphor across everything whether it's you know, about intimacy or about dating, all of that. So communication, clear communication and getting clear on what you want in said relationship, whether it's paying the bills or sharing or what that looks like. Get clear on what that looks like and then communicate that to said partner. So what we're talking about, we did dating. Maybe we'll talk a little sex, work, money, parenting. Where would you like to go, Miss Cleo? Well, I think... Um... We'll talk a little bit about sex, and then I can move, move into the more general um, observations as a, you know, as a reporter, um, as a woman speaking to so many men this year. Um, Perfect. But, okay, so, the, yeah, the book is structured in a very specific format. Um, the chapters are ordered in sequential order. You can kind of drop into any one that is most interesting to you, but... We start with dating, uh-huh. which often leads to sex, and then go <laughs> to, to work because that's another thing you have to do every day. Yes. Um, we shift over to money, which is actually about couples and money, um, which came up a lot in my conversations this year as well. And then um, friendship, male friendship, parenting, uh. and then the self and health. Um, and the media chapter as well. So um, the sex chapter is a more familiar um, area of conversation when it comes to Me Too, of course, because as we know, Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, you know, these were on the one hand operated in the professional sphere, but also involved sex. So um, when I um, started working on this, book and kind of word spread through people that watch my show and the, my networks and sourcing, um, men came to me to tell me their stories. 
So every chapter um, seeks to answer two to three very specific questions that men ask me over and over and over again. But each question is started by a personal story that um, from a man um, that kind of encapsulates the question we're about to answer. And um, I think it's important to note that these men, these stories were offered up. Um, they sought me out with the, you know, kind of line of like, oh, I am so, I heard you're writing this book and I am so glad you're writing it because do I have a story for you? I had, have been wanting to get this off my chest. Um, and I say that because I think that there is this feeling that men don't care about the conversations that are happening right now, um, that they're just kind of got their fingers in their ears and their eyes shut and just like wake me up when it gets when we're done. Um, but that's not true. Men really do care about the, this conversation, about how it's impacting them, their own past behavior. Um, and then, of course, obviously the women in their lives. So. This next chapter opens up with a story um, from a man who contacted me. Uh, he lives down in D.C., kind of a systems operator, uh, professional type. Um, and he contacted me about a story that happened to him eight years ago. This and is Mitch? he said, it, this is Mitch. Okay. And it has still been on his mind. Wow. So I'll just tell you the story really quickly. It's a story that usually resonates for everyone who hears it. So Mitch tells me that he is kind of a late bloomer, an awkward kind of guy. Um, back in 2011, uh, he had a crush on a woman in his friend group, but they were just friends. He wanted one. Um, it was New Year's Eve around that time of year, and they were all out partying, celebrating New Year's Eve. Then the ball drops, and he invites the girl and a couple of his other friends back to his place. Another guy goes with them, so it's like the three of them, and they're all continuing the party. Then around 3 or 4 in the morning, um, the third guy says, all right, I'm out of here. And the girl kind of thinks, like, this is before Uber and Lyft. Um, the subway system was shut down in D.C. She lived across town. It was, like, too far um, and too late to go. So Mitch kind of sees his opportunity and he says, well, you can totally spend the night here if you want. And she's like, really? He's like, yeah, of course. So the guy goes, he's going to spend the night and leave in the morning. And he says, um, okay, let me just like go, you know, change into my pajamas. He comes out in, you know, pajamas she had borrowed from him and, <clears throat> and then gets into bed with him. So he thinks, score. Like, this is my chance. I've made it. So he makes a move on her. And she says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Um, that's not what I thought was going on here. I, I thought you were offering this to me as a friend. I thought we were friends. Like, no. And he kind of just, like, lays back and is surprised. Um, and when he's telling me this, he's admits, He's not 100% sure of what his thoughts were because he had had a lot to drink that night. But he knows for sure that what ran through his mind is like, all women say no the first time. And oh. so he 
pauses for a beat and then he goes back, you know, with extra force. And he described to me, um, like, aggressively trying to pull her underwear down. Oh, my God. No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No. So she is understandably, you know, terrified, upset, furious, jumps out of bed um, and is like, what the, you know, what? What what is happening? It's shocked. He is scared. uh, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She shuts the door, goes and sleeps on the couch. He lies there all night wondering how he could have gotten that so wrong. And Mm. he's telling me this story, and I had goosebumps. Um, I do, too. And and who's telling him that all women say no at first? Yeah. Mm. What is that program? Mm. And to the fathers out there raising their sons and daughters, please have that conversation. Well, it is a cultural narrative. So this is what we talk about in the book. Okay. Whoa. How did we get here? Because that story is very common. And it's very similar to the story um, of what happened with Aziz Ansari, where, um, you know, it kind of like, it took on a world of its own, but the basic story was also the same, that he went on a date with a girl, she went back to his place, um, he made a move. He said, no, I really did just like want to watch a movie. He's like, that's fine. He goes back again. He says, no, listen, I'm going to leave. He's like, no, 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 it's okay. We can watch a movie. He, she, he, he makes another move. She relents. Um, they have oral, you know, she gives him oral sex. She leaves then. And then he texts her. Um, I had a great time. Thank you so much. And she writes him back. She's crying in the Uber on the way back home. Like, I need you to know that you made me feel really badly. Um, and it took him totally by surprise. Wow. So I want everybody, that, audience, take a breath on that. Just take a minute and yeah. listen to that story. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Really. Men and women alike, you know, depending on the culture, what that looks like. Really, really own that and take responsibility for that behavior, action, and feeling. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that happened to her or her or he, whatever the situation would be. And uh, please, Cleo, go ahead and continue. So, and I'm glad that you did take a moment to pause there because that is not good. (laughs) No. Right. I mean, we can do better than having one person leave in an Uber in tears, right? That is not mm. how sex should be. Um, I love how and, you said that, audience. Did you hear her? We can do so much better. Yeah, we can. We can. We can do so, so choose much that. Choose, the, choose communication. Yeah. Choose education. Choose awareness. And you've how got we, the power, right? I mean, you yeah. really do. And that was the thing. So what really came up a lot is actually this story of Aziz Ansari, what happened, kind of um, acted as a war shock test, where um, the way that people tended to react to 
the what happened to Aziz Ansari, whether it was overblown or not, also seemed to be indicative of how they felt about other gray areas and more insidious aspects of Me Too. Because, um, as we know, when Me Too hit the mainstream with Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby and some of these big players that have fallen since then, um, their actions were so bad that it was very easy to say, okay, that's wrong, uh, and those men should, um, you know, be punished for what they did. But when Aziz Ansari happened, um, and kind of, it wasn't just what ha- like what intimately happened with that woman, but then her story got picked up in the media and it became its own thing. But at that point, people, some people, right, started to say, like, this whole thing has gone too far. And I heard that from a lot. And not just, not just men, women as well would say, I was on board at first, but now it's all just gone too far. Like, that is these Ansari thing. That happened to me so many times. That's just a bad date. That's, mm-hmm. not, that's not me too stuff. That's a bad date. That's a bad and date. What I offer in, the, in this conversation is, okay, I'm less concerned about, like, you know, if, if that story belongs in this kind of Me Too calling or not. I think that's a distraction. But what's really, really important for us to talk about is that bad date realm. Like, we can and should do better than having someone leave in an Uber, right? And the fact that it's so common doesn't make it okay. It means that we have this really important opportunity to talk about how situations like this happen over and over again and what we can do about it. So when it comes to um, sex and in general, uh, well, we'll just talk about sex. We're talking about that now. Well, yeah, uh, no, we can totally talk about sex. We've just got to monitor the light. And when we're talking about yeah. it, we've just got to, yeah. But well, you know what? It's really go, just, yeah. Go ahead. So what this really was about, right, is that we have this, so the book is called Modern Manhood, Conversations About the Complicated World of Being a Good Man Today, because what I heard over and over again was, I'm a good guy. Like, what the hell is going on? Because I thought a good man did this, and now you're telling me a good man doesn't do that. And so this, we have these scripts for women and men that could probably use to be revived and frankly Wait a minute. upgraded. The men are saying the men are saying the men that you interviewed said all women say no at first are the ones that are saying that they're good men. So because they've got that script in their head. That one man so Mitch okay. said that. And okay. but this idea that women say no first, that it's is common. A common cultural that's because we tell women if you give it up too easily, then you're a slut, right? Yeah. Um, so sometimes women do say no, right? We put them in this tough position um, where they're damned if they do, we're damned if they don't. And for men, we tell men, um, we teach men that if 
like their sexual appetites are kind of what makes them manly, right? If they Mm. don't want sex all the time, then they're less of a man. Um, And that this crazy idea that women don't want sex, right? So that then... Oh, my God, totally. That whole stigma and judgment around it. Oh, my God, are you kidding me? So then it's this weird dynamic where men are supposed to always want sex, but if women never want sex, then what do men have to do? They have to take it from women. It's something they have to take. They have to run game on women. Um, Holy hell. Like, of course people are going home (laughs) crying in an Uber. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Oh, and then there's this whole nother conversation about porn and addiction and... You know, there was there I, there was this conversation I was having with somebody. It was a few years ago, and he was saying, he and it, it was a, like a, a conversation amongst us. And he's like, "Oh no, before any date or before I go out, I masturbate, so there isn't that pent up anything." Mm. That's a Have something about that? married tips. Oh, is that it? Okay. You remember- <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's so everybody like, masturbate yeah, is- before you go out, right? Yes, that's <laughs> oh a that, there's a. Uh, Sue, you're new to the dating scene. Maybe bring out something about Mary. What a treat. Oh, what my a God, good that is so funny. <laughs> I maybe I'll watch that this weekend. But anyway, all right, we're running short on time, so let me just kind of like yes. conclude all okay. of this together, right? And let me remind right, the so audience who we're talking yeah. to. This is Cleo Stiller. We're, oh, yeah. Seriously, we could go on forever. We're talking about her latest book, Modern Manhood, Conversations About the Complicated World of Being a Good Man Today. And uh, Cleo website. Why do I not have your website on this form? CleoStiller.net. That is the best place to get in touch with me or social platforms. Perfect. And I've linked her on all Facebook and she'll be on the webpage and all that stuff later on. Okay, let's continue. We've got just about four more minutes. Great. Okay, so here is the, the most important takeaways from this book and I but I do really highly recommend that folks read this if this is at all interesting to you there's so many stories in there we learned so much but essentially what surprised me was how much fear and anger and isolation um, there is among the men I spoke to there is what we have done to men and women um, doesn't work for a lot of us. And this kind of this feeling of um, men have, like they get it coming and going um, and they don't, they're afraid, they feel like they're walking on eggshells, etc. I offered to the men, um, the overarching point of the book is to say less about what a good man does. And you can't see me, but I'm saying that in quotes, like a good man, what does a good man do in quotes? What does a good woman do? Right. Um, Does a good man hold the door open for the person coming behind them? That one came up a lot too. I do that. I do that. That that to me is common courtesy. Yeah. And as you should, because here is what I offer. Don't worry about what a good man does. Don't worry about what a good woman does. Get really clear on what a good person 
God. Ah, yes. Right? We can do so much better. Yeah. Do you want to be in this world? Like, how do you show up in this world, right? Why don't you hold the door for anyone who's coming behind you? Because that's what a good person does, regardless of whether they're a woman or a man or they're going to be annoyed about it or whatever. A good person holds the door for the person coming up behind them. And Mm -hmm. if you don't want to hold the door open for the person coming up behind you, that's probably good information to have about yourself, right? Yes. Either one. It's a mirror, right? The dark side. Yeah. I totally agree. And I love that. It's getting clear. and, And that's what I teach. That's my whole coaching practice, too. I love that. And it is you're getting clear on who you are and how you're showing up and communicating that. Mm-hmm. And if you, mm-hmm. that's the, and I love it. It's the essence of you. And um, not like I'm plugging, but I love this conversation because that is it. That's you showing up the best that you can be, whether it's courteous and, or maybe you, you didn't do it what you thought you could show up the best or that you, sh- you thought you could do better then you can change it. You have that new awareness, right? Yes, exactly. exactly. I love it. Girl, I love this. Do it better. Yes. Do so much better. Thank you so much for having me, Sue. Oh, this is so good. Okay, guys, I want to remind all of you, Modern Manhood, conversations about the complicated world of being a good man today by Cleo Stillert. Boys and girls, this is a conversation. Men and women, moms and dads. I'm saying that in oh, a big yeah, way. Parenting Huge. chapter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I will, I'm going to read the contents really quick again. We got dating. We got sex. We got work. We got money. We got parenting. We got friends. We have self health and porn. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have media, all of this. Then where do we go from here? The biggest takeaway guys, the biggest takeaway. Come on. We can do so much better. We can. We can do so much better. Get clear on what you want. Just you as the good human. Do you want to be courteous and kind? Do you want to be communicative? Or do you want to, you know, if you're shy, get help on your communication. Just do it. We can do so much better. Cleo, remind them how to, your um, website is cleostiller.net. Net, N-E-T, I thought so. I just didn't want to give the wrong information out. All right, guys, go get this book, Modern Manhood, Conversations About the Complicated World. Of being a good man today. Look up Cleo Stiller. She has um, some great information in here, guys. I'm going to keep reading. And all the information is on social media if you want to follow all those links. Cleo, let me know how I can best be of service to you moving forward. Thank you so much for stepping into the light and bringing this conversation out. Um, and good on you, girl. Good on you. Thank you. We can do so much better. Thank you, Sue. And thank you to everyone for listening. Please do you get betcha. in touch if you yes please do please do all right guys uh all right we will see you next week and until then each of you are a gift get out there and share yourself with the world if you like the show help more people find us by adding your review of the show on itunes the more reviews we get the more people we can reach with this inspiring message on the gratitude cafe simply search for gratitude cafe in itunes hit subscribe and add your honest review It would help us immensely and will be forever grateful. It's one of the best ways you can give back to the show with your review. Thanks for tuning in to the Gratitude Cafe. 
Don't forget, every week is a new show, and you could submit your questions at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. The show goes live at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in Seattle on Seattle's Alternative Talk AM 1150. You can also call in to the show at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. Find the live streaming link at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. We'll see you next week. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.